super interesting though to just because it changes right when when it, when it was just me producing as many blog posts as i could which was two maybe three a week maybe i'd get a podcast out you know i wasn't doing any video really um it you know it's easy for people to follow along and it's easy as a creator. And this is one of the things that, you know, I've been just thinking a lot about recently. It's easy for a creator to, you know, you, you, it's easy to have your ego stroked, right? Because your core audience reads every article, gives you feedback on every article. And it's like this big kumbaya thing. And when you ramp it up, there's no possible way for you to follow everything. If if you were telling me that you watched every video I created, listened to every podcast and read every article, I'd be like, well, you're not doing your job. You're missing the yeah. point, right? Like, and I'd be scared. And I know you wouldn't do that, but that's, yeah, you, I would be scared if someone was doing that because they wouldn't be doing their job. Like the, the content that we create is meant to supplement what you do in your job and help you, you know, if there's, one out of every five might actually be useful to you. And that's completely okay. That's the point. Um, and, and I think what's been interesting is uh, the core audience that's always been with agency nation, they've become slightly overwhelmed. And at times they're like, Oh, you guys are creating too much and this and that. And I'm like, dude, that's great. But not all the content is for you. Like I can't, I can't survive and feed my family if I'm creating content for the same hundred people every time. If I only adhere to what my hundred person core audience wants, then I literally can't support my family. Like I, the audience has to grow, we have to evolve. We have to do more. We have to reach more people. So like, should I just say then every person who I've already touched are the only people I'm ever going to help in my career? It's not possible. And the only way to crack the consciousness is to produce more so that you can start to reach into new topics and touch people who maybe didn't pick up on this or that, right? Or maybe would never listen to a podcast or read an article, but geez, you drop a video on them and that's, and, and now all of a sudden you've got their attention. So I think um, it's, a, it's a maturation process. It definitely comes with growing pains, but uh, it's been super, super interesting. I mean, we went from... We went from serving content to, I think, uh, a quarter million or no, 200,000 people in 2016 to we we had, uh, if you look at podcast, video, and um, an agency nation, we served over half a million unique people. Half a million unique people saw agency nation content That's in 2017. That's sick. No, that is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So it's, it's very interesting. interesting. You know, I mean, it's, we're in the media business, you know, it's not, um, insurance agents should not do what we do from a business standpoint. You know what I mean? It's, you can't look at how they operate and try to duplicate what we do. It's a completely different model. We're, we're a media company. We're not, you know, from agencies, we're right. not trying to sell insurance. You know, we're trying to help insurance agents sell insurance. So we're on this, this bitch. We need to be recording some of this stuff. I can hear a little feedback. Are you not on your on your headphones? I am. Um, the problem is, is I'm at my co working space because my kid is my kids are sick. Right. That's why I was late to the call. And um, I've been recording. I'm, I'll cut out some of the beginning stuff. But um, the uh, my kids are sick or Duke is sick. So 
that was the babysitting issue. Why I had to push it back because the babysitter come to our house and because they're at our house, I had to come to the co-working space and there's not really a good place to podcast in the co-working space. So gotcha. It's a no little echoey in here. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very faint so in the background, cute. but I can um, hear it. But yeah. Yeah, Still I'll try deal. to cut it out in post. Um, so, dude, what's up with you, man? It's uh, it's good to talk. We haven't talked in a while. It feels like the only time that the only uh, the only way that you'll give me any of your time dude, is if I let have me you tell on you the something. podcast. You, so you are totally throwing a jab there. This is the truth, Hanley. I've been wanting to tell you this. I have people who call me or text me or email me more more uh, Facebook message me, and they ask me, and they said to me, they say, "Are you are you?" still friends with Ryan Hanley? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm still friends with Ryan Hanley. Why? What, what happened? Did he say something on his podcast or something like that? They're like, no, it's actually opposite of that. Like I always hear you talk about him, but I never hear him talk or mention you. And so I wonder sometimes like sometimes people think that I'm like um, they think like I'm catapulting off of your name. That's the best word that I can come up with. Like, so if I'm cool, if I talk about you and like I want to say to these people and I don't like Dude, like we known each other before you were even in this business, bro. You were still in diapers when we knew each other, you know, yeah. when we were doing this. Like where where do you think all this stuff like, came from? Like we were there laying the concrete, right? Making the foundation. Should it look like this? You know, should it look like that? How many square feet do we need? And so, yeah. no, it is good to be back and it's good to be with you because I still think at the end of the day, when it kind of gets down there, I think there's a lot of people that um, I'm just going to say it. I think there's a lot of people who try to copy us, um, and I and I think that's okay. I'm not I'm not against that. I mean, if you do, if you don't ever want to originate your own stuff, then we have a problem. But you've got to start somewhere, and sometimes people like to start where um, their familiarity is. If that's if I say that word correctly, if that's the right one to use here, but they're familiar. They feel comfortable. They see that that person has went before. I call it the snow plow or the snowman effect. Not snowman. What the heck am I talking about? I call it the snow climber effect. And what I mean by that is, is you always notice that snow climbers, uh, when they walk up a mountain and it's unknown territory, they're always in line with each other. And there's a reason for that. It's, I hey, I know that person stepped there, so I feel comfortable stepping there. Not only did they push down the snow, so now the snow has been pushed down, so it's not as difficult for me to trek up. Now the bit now the downside of that is is if you're in second, third, fourth, fifth or sixth place, you don't necessarily get to say you were the first one, but at the end of the day we all reach the top of the mountain and you go around to your friends and you say, "Hey, I climbed in in uh, that that mountain." You know, I re- I was on the summit of Mount Everest. Y- you don't really get a lot of people that say, "Well, who was the first one there?" And if they do, it doesn't really matter because we all saw the same scenery once we got there. It was all a collective effort. And so I think I see that a lot. And I'll be honest with you. I start to tell me if this is you, Ryan, I start to feel like the old man in the industry. You know, I start to see these young cats in there and I'm only 39. So for all you veteran insurance agents listening to this, yes, I know I'm still young. I'm still have a lot of my life in front of me and thank God for that. But I see a lot of these, uh, these millennials, not exennials like you and I are Hanley, but I see a lot of these millennials, especially 
the greatest. Great they're right. They're right. Um, I see them, especially in the 25, 30, 32 age. I love it because they're so full of zest. They're so full of go-go. And they're seeing people like you, like me, like Brent Kelly, like Joey, uh, uh, numerous people in this industry now who are they're, – they're, they're, they're getting their motivation from us. You know, They're sapping the energy and, and using it in their own way. And I really like it because um, – um, I'll tell you one of the one of the most creative people I know on the face of the earth. I think not not that I know. Excuse me, somebody that the most creative person who has come into this industry in the last three, four, five months. I believe is Woody Brown. I think Woody Brown is not only great for this industry. I think he's one of the most creative people. I think if he was involved in movies or TV shows or just basic art, I think the guy is extremely talented. Well, you know he was. That's what I know. Woody was a legit rock star, like not a fake rock star. Like played in little pubs around his house, like a legit touring. That the other day, and I was like, "Wow, I can't wait to talk to Woody about that." I'm interested in knowing more about that. But I was just told that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woody's the man. You know, I think you bring up a lot of really interesting points. There's there's a couple things I want to dive into. First, the 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 idea of like um of I know uh, I just can't think about that which word, I don't even know? want to say because I I think that it's negative yeah yeah no no I, I'm with you I I think that particular word has negative connotations and I know that right. that's not the way you mean it and it's certainly not the way I do so you know there's been some I actually the video I released today uh, episode 35 of the show um is about uh, basically, it addresses how leaders and organizations can become more efficient and effective creators. Because as I've taken on a larger role in my organization, um, you know, I just don't show up and like help the business run every day as the CMO. I also am a full-time creator. That there's a lot of stress that comes along with that, and I've had to develop some techniques. So I share some of those. And one of the things that I shared was around the idea of allowing other people to influence you because I've been part of some Facebook conversations. And again, this isn't judgment. This is just, this is what has worked for me. And, and, and I'm, I think for you too, dude. So I'll speak for you a little bit. Um, these Facebook conversations around, you know, don't, you know, um, and in particular, a lot of this stuff came up when like I was going to the Gary V conference and stuff like, you know, talking about Gary V and, oh, you know, his ideas, you know, we don't want to be influenced. You know, I want to have my own original thought and look quiet time with your own thoughts is very important, but I think it is, I think there's an extreme level of hubris in the idea that you somehow are so uniquely original that you are not influenced by Hmm. outside sources. It's just impossible. Like everything you do impacts and influences who you are, the way you think, how you formulate ideas. So for me, I try to surround myself with outside influence. I want to be, I want to experience and touch as many different thoughts and ideas and types of music and whatever that, that, that I can so that I can figure out what works for me, what doesn't, what do I like, what don't I like? Because ultimately everything that, that, that influences you gets mashed up and becomes unique because it's your unique mashup of it. And of course, at the beginning, you're going to copy people that you like. To, to, for anyone to not think that I like 100% copied Casey Neistat would be silly. And anyone who watches the show sees immediately that the show is the, the way I do the cuts, the way I do the framing, the way I do the angles. It's 
it's a hundred percent Casey Neistat. Now that I think there's also some, some influence from Gary V. There's also some influence from Peter McKinnon, uh, hashtag Peter McKinnon transitions for life. Jared, Jared Bellman. Um, you know, this is, this is how I've developed my unique style just over 35 episodes. When I do another 35 episodes, it will evolve even more. And I'm sure there'll be other outside influences. So I guess my point in this diatribe is just to say like, like it's okay to be influenced by other people. It's okay to take your favorite creator and copy some of their style. What's not okay is to not try to evolve out of that. Right. I mean, I think that's the important point, especially at the beginning. You don't know up from down, left from right. So, of course, you're going to copy. So copy away. The best marketers in the world in the world steal. I steal 90% of the headlines I write. I steal the ideas. I steal them from Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk. I have like seven sneaky guys that I love the way they think. I'll never tell you about that I steal from. Uh, I steal from Simon Sinek. I steal from Ryan Holiday. I steal from James Altucher. And I take their ideas and I put them in the context of what I believe and, and I produce it. And th- and then that and the only thing, the only way you lose in doing that is if you don't continue to evolve and adapt and add your own thoughts and beliefs. It's only if you just straight yank it and never evolve. That's how you fail. Otherwise, I agree. I agree. And I think that's the reason actually Facebook has a has a positive and a negative about that into the fact that um, I feel as if like we you know, you can you can change who you have in your news feed and, you know, you can eliminate this person. I don't agree with the way that they think. Now, I know we're talking about the different things, but about the same things. But if you really think about that, that's human, because when you have a party and you're going to get some people over to your house, you don't invite the people that you don't like. I mean, you, we do naturally surround ourselves with people that we like. And I think that that's normal. But I think it's it's stepping outside of being normal is where greatness is born. I think it's being able to say, I may not like or understand what this person's doing, but I need to be able to pay attention to what they're saying and be able to listen to them, being able to hear them, being able to observe them, because there are those things that, that I can take with the things that I do like and the things I do know, and I can bring that in to to kind of kind of sugarcoat that, It'll put a little bit of spice into it, and I think that's what matters. And here's the thing that I think is kind of a problem right now, Ryan, is that everybody gets the radio, everybody gets video, everybody is looking at the things that's the easiest to watch. I mean, you're looking in your newsfeed or you're on YouTube and you see this video and you sit there and watch it. I think where we're missing out is we're missing out on the people who aren't creating, but yet still have a great message. I think sometimes it's really easy to learn from Gary Vee, learn from you about how we should create, how we should market, how we should get our, our, our personality out there, how we should make our business real, how we should consumerization, uh, use consumerization in our agency to, to, to let people know who we are. I think all that stuff is vital. But I also know that no one's talking about how to make your agency great. No one's talking about the processes that you need to be successful. Nobody's talking about the best practices. Now, I understand that people say, well, Jason, that's not sexy. You know, that's not that's not the stuff that really gets me energized. Really what it is, Ryan, is no one's been able to create that in a sexy way that people want to 
understand it, eat it, and consume it. That's really the thing. Um, you know, when you when you try to look at uh, that's one of the things I love about Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, I love him because he he he's motivating and he's inspirational. But he does it in video to where that's the way I like to consume. That's the way majority of of, of people like to consume. And and so I challenge people out there to be able to say. And, and this is just a plug because it's the reason that this is the truth is that that's why I transformed Grow. There is no such name as Grow anymore. More, which for everybody in the record, Ryan Hanley actually created the the name Grow. See, they don't know that Hanley because they don't know about the past. You know, they got to learn. From- this is why they don't think that you like me because you killed my name that I gave that I gave to the business. That's I, I why had they people don't tell me I needed to rebrand, and I think you know what's amazing. People keep take, telling me <laughs> that I'm like some digital marketing strategist, and when they tell me that, I think to myself like. Well, you obviously have no idea who I am, do you? Because I don't talk about creating video. Like, here's what I say. People say, well, why did you do that? I say, because there's already people out there that are really good at explaining to you at how to do marketing, how to do video, how to create content, how to let yourself be known, how to create and let uh, the consumer consume your stuff. That's already out there. And so, like, it would be retarded. Excuse me. It would not be, edit that. It would not be the smartest thing for me to understand that- that is that that's something that that's my specialty. I also will get on my high horse and I'll push back on you here in just a minute. But I say to myself, like where I looked at this industry and I start reading, I'm in these Facebook groups and it's amazing when someone says, Hey, what's your process for quoting? And someone will say, well, blah, 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 blah. But someone eventually will put in there, Hey, I have a process written down, drop your email in and I'll send it to you. I mean, there'll be like 300 comments of just emails. And I've noticed that in very little other topics, is that really, does it really get that kind of engagement and it's needed? I think it's the reason why Billy Williams is so, is gaining because people are starting to figure out the problem with you're at Elevate 2018, by the way, along with Mr. Cass. But, but come the, for Billy Williams, because I'm telling you, I talk about him more than anything. So so here's what I here's what I want to say, and I want to push this back to you, to you, Hanley. I say this a lot to people, and, and, and this is just going to drive you nuts, okay? So just get ready to come back with your axe and just whack me. If I have two okay. things, if I can go out and create video for my agency, or I can create a podcast, or I can con- create content that lets people know who I am, lets people know who my agency is, lets people know who my staff is, my brand and everything, and let them get real. And they walk into my agency and it's 1970 and we're doing things the old school way. We're doing all the things. I say it all the time. The wood paneling walls, the ink, the, the ink wet signatures, the face-to-face meetings, the warm handshakes. Yeah, that's great. That's needed. Don't get me wrong. But what if you don't create any content? What if you don't create any video? What if you don't let people know who your brand is? But yet when they come and find you, whether by referrals, because people who are in the customer experience are the ones telling their friends about the great experience they're having, and they walk in the door, and where we think insurance is intangible, but yet today it is very tangible, because insurance to people are the tools they use to interact with insurance and how they consume insurance, how they're able to use their insurance coverages to better their life. These things are tangible. I think 
that I think it's more important for me to be that person who concentrates first on my agency. I'm not saying that marketing and advertising and video creation is not important. Please do not understand that for everybody listening to this. What I'm saying is, is I think it's important that you get your house in order so that when you go out there to try and separate yourself, they don't walk in the door and say, wow, I think I had one pulled over on me because this is still like grandpa's agency. But yet I didn't get that when I was finding them online. I think you guys do a fantastic job of helping people with that. But I think the need today, Ryan, I think the need, especially with these young people coming up, they don't have the wisdom these 50, 60, and 70-year-old men and women do who have gave us this great agency or this great industry. I think that need is ginormous. And that's why I applaud you and what you guys are doing with Sydney. Because she's still the most talented person you guys have at TrustedChoice.com. It just is. But she is the person who I like how you have her leading that university, having her give real life tactics at when that cold call comes in or on that online lead comes in. How are you handling that? What's your starter kit? What's your welcome kit? What's how? What's your onboarding process? That's the kind of stuff that we need. What do you think? Well, my young Padawan, I'm glad that you uh, glad you finally gotten there. So there's two ways that you can grow an agency. <clears throat> two ways that you can grow an agency today. One is build partnerships. There are many different ways that you can have partnerships. Some of those partnerships are the Carlos Vargas, GNN Insurance, or even um, my wife's family agency, the Murray Group, through mortgage brokers, real estate agents, and other professionals in the community. Other types of partnerships are like my brother-in-law has with his renter's insurance business. He has partnerships with large apartment complex and unit owners, and he manages their certificate program and writes insurance for their renters. Partnerships. This is how companies like uh, Insurion get a lot of their business is they have actual partnerships where they do overflow commercial lines for personal lines only carriers. A fantastic way to get business. So there are partnerships that you can build that are based on your organization doing an incredible job and therefore the referring entity wants to send their customers to you because they know they're going to get handled well, okay? That is white gloves that's pushing forward, uh, thinking not necessarily in a digital mindset, but thinking from a customer experience mindset first, okay? I would love it if every agency started there. But the, the reality is not everyone wants to be a white gloves agency. And in, you know, and in some regards, um, you know, there are downsides to that. Uh, it is often tough to grow as fast as you want to, unless you have really good referral partners, you're obligated to other organizations. Um, there's a lot of expense that goes into building those organizations. So you look at like a GNN, think about the time and energy that Zach and Matt have put into their whole bobblehead program and driving around town and, and, and building relationships and going to events and supporting these people. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of time and energy. So there's, there's building partnerships and then there is, you know, being really good at sales and marketing. Um, And if you can combine the two of them, that's where you go to another level. So the reason actually that, that I have, that, so I agree with you, uh, you operationally, when I look at the reasons and actually it's so funny, I was just having this conversation with, um, an insurance carrier professional yesterday who was driving through town and we had some coffee and had an awesome conversation. I wish I could have recorded it, but I didn't want to, um, uh, 
we were talking about what actually keeps agents from doing sales and marketing and is most often internal operational issues. I had a guy the other day in Texas come up to me after uh, I spoke at the Joe Vincent event or I, I, uh, I uh, moderated a panel at the Joe Vincent event down in Texas, which is an awesome event. And, um, and after the event, a guy came up to me, asked me a couple questions and I said, well, you know, how come, you, you know, you just, you basically just told me, you know, exactly what to do, which he did. I was like, you have a good idea. I love it. Why aren't you executing on it? He goes, oh, well, I lost the CSR the other day. And I just, I'm not really sure how to hire a good one. So what was keeping in by the other day, he meant like six months ago. So here is an agency principal of like a 15 person agency who's stamping TPS reports and doing car changes because he can't figure out how to hire a CSR. So it's like operation issues operational issues time and time and time again are what keep us as an industry from moving forward from a sales and marketing standpoint and telling our, our story. Now I think people, um, you know, and I've listened to some of the stuff that you've been doing, dude, and I love that you've transitioned more operationally because it's needed. There are so few people willing to talk about internal operations. And unfortunately many of the people that do talk about it in such a boring way that no one gives a crap. Right. So if we can find ways to sex up operations, right, make it more interesting and fun and engaging. And I think um, you and and some of the work that you've been doing, obviously, Billy Williams, who's going to be at Elevate. He's another great one. Um, and, and there are others. Right. Uh, this these the, we need to support and help um, buoy, I think, the individuals in our industry who are helping operationally, helping agents operationally, but in a fun and interesting way. You can't be boring and monotonous and like, think about classic, like your CIC course, right? I just read this awesome article from a guy, uh, an agent who had the CIC for 30 years and he's giving up the designation. And like, he's like, they just failed to evolve. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the people who taught operations, they're, they're retiring, they're moving on, or they just have failed to create, take their incredibly valuable, incredibly experienced and deep, rich knowledge and transition it into a delivery mechanism that anyone actually wants to consume in 2018. So, uh, I, dude, I, maybe this is a surprise to you, but I 100% agree. And, um, you're going to see a lot more content out of the agency nation world, uh, that has to do with operations. Now, again, operations isn't my specialty, so I'm going out and finding people and trying to support them because it's it's not. That's what good leaders do, Ryan. Well, yeah, right. Uh, good leaders not, realize what their strengths and weaknesses are. Now, here's the one thing I want to just say: you are right. I mean, it's it's two different things. I mean, it's two different things, but it has to be brought together, and 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 that's where I'm really concerned with the, with the youngins. And I just really am because I, think- I don't mean to cut you off, but do you believe? And, and this is something I felt too that mentorship to a certain extent has died. In our industry uh yes classic mentorship has died not died but um you know when i was even when we were coming up 10 years ago i feel like a lot of the the elder agents were so willing to take on meant to take like a mentorship role with you with with the younger agents and i feel like today a lot of young agents are kind of left high and dry I, it's I, a weird street right now, dude. It's a weird street. So you go back to the tribal days with the Indians. Just think about that. The 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 youngins learned from the chiefs, and the chiefs very rarely learned from the young. It was just this weird thing. It's a flip flop today. The youngins don't learn from the elders, but the elders are learning a lot from the youngins. 
and the youngins are learning from each other. And that's where my scare tactic is. That's where my, 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 my worry is just right there of what you just said. And that they're, 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 uh, I can't think of the right word. It's a pool of information that they keep swarming around themselves and making themselves give falsehoods because a lot of the stuff they do, they only share the stuff that's fun and sexy. They don't want to necessarily, they don't necessarily want to share the wisdom. That's where you usually go to your elders. And I feel as if you're exactly right. I think that the, I think that the associations, I'm just going to speak it because that's the reason why you brought me on here because you know that I'm rough and I say the things they are respectful. That's one thing I've learned to do is respectful. Respectful. But it has to do with the fact that's why the associations are having trouble. And it's because you've got things like IAOA that have taken that spot. One of the greatest uh, Facebook groups out there is Advisor Evolved. I've, I've recently got into that Facebook group. Yes, because I have his websites, but I had recently, I didn't realize he had his own Facebook group. I love being in there. I love learning from these people and they're my mentors. And that's great, but I also think they're all thinking the same. So I think we've got to get out of that. You are right. I, I, I you are right. Though. Me, I'm gonna dive huge, huge issue with mentoring right now. Huge issue. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start interrupting you more because we both will diatribe, and I, you're saying a lot of interesting things, and I, and I want to jump fun. in. Go ahead. So you know, this, this is one of the reasons that we created uh, Elevate, and why I was such a huge supporter of Innovation 18 IAOA's event, and is that I feel like part of it, part of this this disconnect in mentorship, because I completely agree with you, right? There's a whole group of us, and, and, and I feel just as guilty as anybody of maybe say a group of people 45 and under, for the most part, there are people who are older and people who are younger, but like 45 to 28, and we just circle the same ideas around. Now, a lot of those ideas are really good. There's tons of energy. We all support each other. It's an amazing community. The 5 a.m. club was born out of that, which whether you're part, whether you wake up at five or not, isn't really the point. It's more about just the community of it. Mm-hmm. and. Um, and I think it's amazing, but I feel like this idea that somehow conferences are dead and they're not worth your time and they're not valuable. And like this, this to me, conferencing is like the most important thing that I do during the year. Amen. The, the time that I spend with other people in that same space, like even if it's just a day at Joe Vincent, well, I got to spend, I got to spend like a half hour with Bill Palmore, the CEO of Central Insurance, who I have so much respect for. And I'm just like soaking up everything that he's saying about the industry, right? Because when else could I spend time with a guy who's a legacy CEO of one of the most successful car- you know, super regional carriers in the entire country, right? Like, I mean, the way that Central operates, it should be the envy of every carrier in the country, including the big super nationals that you see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and just to spend 30 minutes with this guy is like, oh my gosh, I mean, if I didn't come to this conference, if I didn't fly 10 hours both ways, and you know what I mean? like. I wouldn't be able to to just coincidentally, pure serendipity, be able to sit at a table and listen to him talk for a half hour. And, you know, that kind of stuff, if we're not going to conferences, we're not mixing with people, if we're just doing digital, this is that brackish water idea, if we're just doing digital, we never get that. You can't get it from digital. You can't get that level of connection. And I feel, you know, do you see that? Do you think the lack of conferencing, the, 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 you know, there's, you know, obviously IAOA is crushing, elevated, you know, is, is we're going to triple in size basically this year. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk throws an event out there and puts 900 people in the insurance and real estate space, which is a great event. I mean, 
it's kind of outside our space, but the whole idea is this mixing new people. And do you think the la- this this almost like anti-conference mentality or like pushing too hard to digital is, is part of the problem too? Uh, yes and no. I think it's morphing itself. So right now we have, uh, I say it all the time, IAOA, um, Elevate, and IA Lab. Those are your three that you need to go to. The reason why I say that is, is because I'm encouraging more people like Gary. Is that Grow Lab? IA yeah, Lab. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Grow Lab, Lab, but it's Grow AI Lab, Lab Agency Intelligence. Grow Lab, or IA Lab. Yeah. So I keep forgetting IA That's Lab. Okay. I always hear amazing about your event. So, you know what I mean? And well, so, yeah, those we three, all, and yours serve, is small we all serve our own purpose. Yeah, if you've been to those three events, yeah, you will see how those true. events are so different, but yet they're so dynamic in what they do to serve your purpose. You're not going to go to IOA and then go to Elevate and say, well, that was pretty much the same thing, or go to AI Lab and say, well, yeah. that's pretty much the same thing. I even love how we're spread out across the year. But here's the difference, though, Ryan. When you go to a conference, normally they are the same thing, whether it's in a different state or in a different industry, they're all the same thing. So I think that's the hate. The hate is, is yeah, I'm spending 300 bucks and, you know, for my registration and I'm going to see this speaker and this speaker. And as I watch them, I think to myself, this person has no idea what I'm doing because they probably never sold a policy or they haven't in 15 or 20 years, but yet they're trying to tell me what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. There's no collaboration. There's how many times have you heard that speaker and you and I are speakers. So I've even said this, Hey, this, this, when I talk, this is, not a one-way street. I want to create a conversation. You hear speakers say that all the time. You sit in it for an hour or two, and at the end of it, it was a one-way street, right? I think that that's what we're learning. And then I just was at IAOA. They're phenomenal. That's not a one-way street when you're there. There's a lot of back and yeah. forth dialogue that I think that is just absolutely awesome and dynamic in that in that whole sense. So, so is conferencing dead? No, it's not dead. I think it's morphing. I think just like when it was just me and you, Ryan, in 2010, we were the only ones out here talking about this and no one wanted to hear us. I believe that in five years, there will be probably six to 10 of the three conferences there are now. It will take time to morph, but there's only, I will tell you another thing. I'm thinking that groups are probably one of the greatest things that ever came about in the, when we're talking about the uh, structure of, um, sorry, if anybody can hear that phone ringing, I can't turn it off because it's on the other side of my office, so I apologize. But I think that groups, Facebook has become like the home of groups, like you become part of these groups and you learn. I also think, that that time is nearing an end. The reason why is it's because it, there's too much noise. I know there's a lot of people in a lot of groups who sit there and say, man, I used to really enjoy those groups, but anymore I realize there's only five or 10% of the people who know what they're talking about. And it's just all the same garbage asked and shared over and over and over again. So I'm looking on the horizon here and I'm saying to myself, what's next? Because I, I didn't see groups to being as big as they are. And I think now everybody's creating a group for everything. So not only is there a lot of people in the groups, but now everybody has like many groups they have to follow. It's really weird. I was telling my wife the other day, Ryan, like I don't see my friends in my Facebook newsfeed. Like I don't see any of my friends. The only thing my newsfeed is, is just all these groups I'm in. I mean, that's all it is. And and it's just like, wow, it's unbelievable. So, so I think there's a lot of stuff there. I want to touch on, go ahead. I think that there is, you know, one thing that I, that I struggle with is, is the selfishness of the idea that you just shared. So you just, and and you weren't talking about yourself, you're talking about feedback Mm -hmm. that you get from people. I joined this group 
Then a bunch of people joined. Now they're asking the same questions that I was asking six months ago, so I don't want to be part of this group anymore. I think that's incredibly selfish, and I think it's part of the problem. I think part of the problem is we want all the information, but we don't want to we don't want to abide those who come next. It's incredibly difficult to do. I've answered the same questions a thousand times since I started doing what I do today, right? And there is, at a certain point, I get that you don't want to answer, you know, some seemingly monotonous Facebook question, right? But that being said, if you're going to want to take from others, you have to be willing to give Ryan, Ryan, you're exactly right, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the question. I'm talking about the answers. It's those answers. It was the one main motivation why I created the mastermind. I would sit in these groups and I would listen to this kid who's been in the business for three months and he would ask a question and the answers he would get, I would literally like go, oh my gosh, like, Oh my God. And I really have done it hundreds of times and I'm not exaggerating hundreds of times. I've reached out to that individual on a Facebook message and say, Hey man, I know you got some answers, but here's some stuff I want you to really think about because that's still, because it's like the answers that they're getting. These people are not business owners. They're terrible at what they do. They probably have closing ratios of 10%, but yet inside these groups, they can be the almighty. You know, that's what Facebook and all this is. You're talking about posers. Yes. You're talking about and what many, happens. And there's, mo- and dude, 80% are, of the world's posers, dude. I mean, there's only 20% of the people that, no, and really I probably mean, 10% you want to listen to. You know, so that's a really interesting point. Okay, yeah. so that makes more sense. But I do sense, agree with what I you're saying. You need to keep answering the uh, questions that you got answered at one time in your life. I do agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I some of that. Like, give me the answers, but then I don't want to necessarily share that's my selfish. That's bullshit. with you. And I bothers me. But um, to what you just said, you know, this is the thought leader trap. Um, Now, granted, uh, you didn't fall all the way in. I definitely did. You know, I was an agent and decided to go into the, I guess you could say the thought leader space, the, you know, collect information, digest it and distribute, which I guess is what I do now. Um, And, but, but, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about that, as I've watched is I've seen some agents in particular uh, today, especially younger agents who could be very successful agents that I see them starting to go down the thought leader path. And it's, and, and a couple things hit me. One, um, you can't, you can't be as successful as you can be in both worlds. Very I think true. you've very done true. a good job, but I a thousand times and have said it to you in public before, you would be a much more successful mm-hmm. insurance agent or a much more successful marketer if you chose one yep. or the other. Um, I personally think that you should be an insurance agent only because you we'd be having this conversation. Flown <laughs> there, so no, but I, I have I think very highly of your insurance skill. I always have. So, let, me, let me ask um, you a question then, because this but, is a you know, question the, I have I, written down. If you look at my piece of paper, I have questions written for Ryan. You've I've been checking them off here, but the number one question we haven't answered. Why are you not an insurance agent? If you think it's so great to be an insurance agent and you tell people why it's the best time to be in the industry and why they need to do this and why they need to do that and here's how you get customers and you're so knowledgeable in this by telling other people, why are you not an insurance agent? It's a really interesting question. I think about it every single day. I honestly do. I, what it comes down to is this. 
think about it every day. Is something ever happened to the job that I'm currently in? I probably would. But right now, I get so much fulf- – and I don't try to pretend like I know how to run an agency. No, you don't. So you I, don't. I hope no, that you don't. that's – you know what I mean? I, I know how to do certain aspects of it. And, um, you know, and part of my job is still basically selling insurance. And then I run trustedchoice.com. I mean, the content we create, getting people through the funnel, distributing to agents, seeing what types of business closes through the feedback loop. I mean, we – I still do the lead generation and delivery aspect of the insurance business every day and everything we do at trustedchoice.com is applicable to a local independent agency just at a different scale. So that being said, to answer your actual question, I think about it every day. If anything ever act happened to my current position, I would probably consider starting a scratch agency. I probably would. Um, I just feel so fulfilled today, man. I then love what I do. That's what I, mean, matters. I get to help. Yeah, I get to help agents every day. I mean, I could make more money than I make today as an agent. I took I took a pay cut to take this job originally. Uh, you know, I, I just get so much fulfillment helping facilitate the marketing and branding and just the awakening that happens. And, and we didn't talk about this, but like, you know, one of the things that I love about sales and marketing and why I always push with those first is because they force you to look into your business to understand where the operational uh, deficiencies mm-hmm. are, right? When you say to somebody, what's your brand? Well, now you have to ask yourself an intrinsic question. Who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to be seen as in the community? And then when you go, say, okay, well, I want to be X. Now it's, well, does your agency actually match X? Well, no, you know, we don't pick up the phone. Well then, okay, so you don't really care about your customers because you're willing to send them the voicemail. Oh, well now we need to check yeah, out. You know right. what I mean? So the sales and leading with sales and marketing force you to make operational changes. So that's always why I've led with it. But the, the answer to your question, man, I, in my current role today, um, I do, I, you know, I'm in charge of all sales and marketing. So I sell every single day, selling huge accounts. I work with carriers, I work with agents. I get to speak, I get to create all the time. I get to help agents. Let's be truthful. Um, it's you know, where your passion just, is. It's right? where your passion is. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think I could, I think I could run a rock star agency. And frankly, I don't think you agents should want me in the marketplace because I'd be I a freaking bull. Now, now Ryan all your Hanley's coming out, baby. Now Ryan <laughs> coming out. I'm just, no, but I'm I think, just, I think I that's where you and I business. separated when we were together. I think that was one of the things that separated us, which was good because I do, I feel, you know, I tried to have, tried to help people with their social media and tried to help them uh, create a brand and all this stuff and build websites. And not only was it just too much, but I also noticed that I wasn't that great at it. And I wasn't that great at it because I didn't have a passion for it. I really love creating um, businesses and bringing them from the ground up. And that's why, I mean, that was one of the great things Joey did. Joey said, hey, Jason, let's look at all the things we're not good at. Let's just focus on the things. And then when Joey left, that's one thing Anna and I did is Anna and I said, what are we good at? That's why we just do the mastermind. That's it. Mastermind in the podcast. That's all we do. And the reason is, is because that's all we're good at. But also I like running agencies. I just bought a new agency here in Edwardsville, Illinois, and I'm anxious to start 
building so people know who we are in here and building an organization like we did in Centralia, where we're the number one agency there. That's just the way it is. And we got to keep working to be that way. But that that's the way it is. I think you made the right choice, Ryan. So uh, all 125 people know who you are now? There's 131, dude. Okay? There's 131. <laughs> but anyways, no. And I'm, I'm literally moving my family out of there. So it'll be back to 128 here. And we're going to be moving over to Edwardsville, a place that is not my hometown. I'm going, see, this is what I like to do. That's why on my podcast, I called it the ultimate throwdown. And I, and I challenge somebody out there to say, hey, tell me you want me to come to your agency. I'll come to your agency. I'll take it over and I'll make it just like mine to prove to people that this wasn't a one hit wonder. I can do it and I can do yeah. it over and over. Now, one of the ways that I'm able to do it, though, is I, this is me personally, I believe that I have to have operational. I don't have a YouTube channel yet. I don't even have a Facebook account for my for my new agency. I don't even have a website for my new agency. I'm actually working with Chris Langille on how I need to mesh that. But I don't have any of that stuff. And it's because I believe the operational is important. And I want to hit on something real quick, buddy. The guy who said that he can't hire a CSR, I want to tell you this, and this is for everybody listening. Hiring somebody to work in your agency is the easiest thing there is. Because here's the deal. Subway, when they're looking for to hire somebody, they don't try to hire the best sandwich artists out there. What they do is they create processes and they hire somebody off the street who will follow that process. When I hear agents say that I can't find somebody to work in my agency, what you're telling me is, is your processes suck. That's what you're telling me. Or, yeah, or you don't want to do the work of taking them through the processes and holding them because, to the processes. Because, but Ryan, but Ryan, you don't have to take them through the process if you have a process. If you have a process of here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, people, most people in today's world know how to count one to 10. And so if here's number one, here's number two, here's number three, you should be able to, now I'm simplifying it here, but I'm not too far away from it. You should be able to hand them a sheet and say, when somebody needs a change done, here's what you do. When I need to, I send you the information because we're going to quote out a piece of commercial business. Here's what you do. That's the reason why Marble Box is making transformation, but where they're also stymied. They they have a hard time of getting their message out. No, excuse me, not getting their message out. They have a hard time of agents understanding how to use them because agents don't have processes. It's amazing when you look at Josh Witt out of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. He took on Facebook and our excuse me, Facebook Marble Box, and boom, he exploded with it. Why? Because he already had processes in his office. If you know Josh Whitty, this dude is like Mr. Detailed Anal type dude. I mean, he is, this is, dude's unbelievable. But he just, boom, he gave Marble Box all of his processes and he was off the door. It's these people who are saying to themselves, whoa, I actually have to have this process. So I don't want to go any more on that, but I love it when I hear a guy or a gal say, I can't hire anybody. I can't find good people. They keep trying to find like the best CSR in the world, which there is no best CSR in the world. The reason why you run into best CSRs in the world is because they either had a process or they've created their own process. And now what we try to do is we try to take those good CSRs, we steal them and we bring them into our own agency where there is no process and that person's miserable. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to go off about that. But that, I just, I just want people to understand that. But Ryan, a couple 
coming yeah. back to it, I think that you, I think you made the right decision. Um, I don't think you'd be happy as an agent. This is my personal opinion because I know you in depth and I know that you were killing it back in 2010 and 2011. I mean, you were, you, I say it all the time because I stole it from you. You had the rubber sole shoes on the concrete, you know, you were out there doing it. And, and I think that, I think that I just see this passion. I understand that it takes four to six hours to shoot and edit a video. And there's very few people that'll be willing to do it because you have to have the passion and the drive and the understanding of how important it is. And that's a, I, I, a lot of people don't have it, including me. And I think that we need people like you. And I think if you left what you did, now I'm going to tell you where you need to be. You know where you need to be? You need to be in the C-suite of an insurance company. Uh, I'm sorry, Chip Basioka right now. He probably wants to slap me, but let's just be real. We need people like you at the very top who are helping transform the companies that actually we use. See, I don't have to use trustedchoice.com. I can use them and to better myself, but how do I better my customer? Well, okay, do some of the stuff you do. Yeah, but mainly the people I'm dealing with every day, besides my employees, are my company partners. And I need them to start understanding what trustedchoice.com is trying to tell us. That's what I need. And I need people like you to get there so that I can then start having a conversation with my reps that when they take it to their board, that just, oh, that's, yeah, that's just Jason in Edwardsville. I need the rep to say, yeah, but 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 that's also Joey over in Staunton, Illinois, and that's and that's and that's Susan over in Effingham, uh, Illinois. You know, and and then getting them to say, you know what, we need to start bringing these ideas in. We need to start understanding that these ideas may be a pushback from what we've always done, and that's why we need you. That's that's your next step. Besides the fact you're going to make a lot more money too. I mean, I know you make a lot of money, but I'm talking like serious G's is what you need to be making. And I think that that's where your next step needs to be. Me personally, I don't think you need to be an insurance agent. Wow. You need to be working for travelers or MetLife. And to be honest with you, I think you should work for a super regional because they're very flexible and blessed are the flexible for they don't get bent out of shape. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, you know, I do love my job, but I am open for CEO positions uh, in <laughs> super regional carriers. I'm hundred percent open to that. I'd love to work for a mutual so that I didn't have to deal with stockholders, but, uh, but, um, yeah, so if you're a board member at a super regional mutual company uh, and you're looking for a dynamic young CEO, um, I am open to interviewing for that position. Dude, they know uh, it, Ryan Handley. Ryan, they already know it, but they understand that they're caught in a weird situation because they support trustedchoice.com and trustedchoice.com supports them. And they're thinking, okay, how do we still – Ryan without making the industry upset. No, no, no. You're going to better the industry, Mr. CEO or Mr. or Mrs. board member out there. So get this cat there. Once again, Chip, I'm not saying that he's in the wrong position. I'm just saying I think that he can better the industry and that's what it's all about. So don't ever become an insurance agent. That was the number one question that I wanted to ask you. So I'm yeah. glad I got it out. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I, I've, I've gotten that before and uh, and it is, I, I do struggle with it because I've had people you know, not necessarily in a, in a, in a, in a mean way, but I have had people before say, you know, well, how come you're not an agent if you know about this stuff? I mean, it's a valid question, right? I mean, if someone's, you know, saying this is the way you should do something, you'd want to know why they're not doing it. And the truth is I couldn't be as good as I believe I am at, at teaching this stuff if I was also an agent, because I'd have to be selling too. And to be honest, yep. you know, getting wet signatures is like the easiest thing in the world. So I just, 
know what I mean? Like the selling part didn't get me off. Like getting someone to sign right. a paper and become your client was easy. The hard part was giving was getting them to give a shit about you and to care. It's once you have their initial True. interest. Selling is simple. I mean, it's just it is. It just is. That's not hard. You just if you care and you can get them to care, then the sale is not a problem. And um, and I just I don't that part. You know, that part never interests me. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's interesting, man. I care about this industry more than anything. I know you do, too. It's why it's how we initially connected. It's it is how we initially work together. And and, you know, and, and we both chose different paths, which is great, because I think uh, I think if the two of us were together, considering the environment that we are in, when we were starting grow and just, you know, today, if we were starting grow completely different environment, oh, completely different marketplace oh, in the internet. But eight Shoot. years ago, you know, eight years ago, 2010, 2011, when we were trying to put that thing together, it just, you know, it was a struggle. And I just think, I think the two of us have probably had a more positive impact kind of in our own lanes than we would have had if we had continued pushing grow. I think, I think we both have developed more leverage. You obviously are working more in the insurance business, which, and I don't mean this on your marketing chops. I just always had uh, a ton of respect for you as an insurance leader, as someone that's actually running an organization. I think that you are where you should be. I'm happy for all your success, man. And I'm so happy you're a speaker at Elevate this year. And, uh, and I'm just looking forward to the next time we get to chat. In the past, there weren't lanes. It was just one big dirt road. That's where we were in 2010. And I love what you just said a minute ago. It was. Now we have lanes. Now you, I can clearly define who you are in the industry and who I am in the industry. I really can. I can it's like, and that's the, one of the reasons why I rebranded. It was like, that's, I don't want people to know me for that. Like, God, don't listen to me about how to write blogs and do video. Like, number one, I don't really know. And number two, like, there's people who are already really good at it. You know what I mean? So why would I make that any different? Like, listen to them. And so I just looked at what lane am I good at? I think you help build people's brands, which help build their business. And I try to help people build their business. I try to build books, you know, and we all do things. We're all building something. I mean, Chris Land Jill's building beautiful websites. You know what I mean? Now, one thing I'm, I'm I know we got to get off this. Here's the deal. Yeah. Very rarely will you listen to an hour long podcast because keep in mind, I have podcasts too and I understand, but I am telling you right now, people are listening to this and they're not wanting us to get off Hanley. I'm serious. I'm serious about that because one person we forgot to mention, which I truly believe is the most impactful person probably in the insurance industry today is Nicholas Ayers. I mean, the dude is cool, right? I mean, the dude just gets it. And here's the thing that you know Nicholas is cool, is follow him personally on his Facebook. Like he puts the most outlandish stuff I've ever seen in my life. Like things like you think he's just trying to pick a fight. And the thing is, he gets a ton of reaction off of it. Like he gets a ton of reaction, just not in the business world, but in the personal world. I think that he's creative. I think he has no hesitation in telling you the way that he really truly feels, but yet he's so much nicer about it than I am. And I truly believe that he sees like, he does video, right? And I mean, the dude can edit video better than anybody in this industry, really. I mean, really. But I will say that I like yours. Uh, yours is in a different because yours um, and even Joey's and, and certainly Sydney's is a uh, more um, raw 
more raw kind of edited together. His is more of the pretty um, in, in the, his effects that he does with Adobe because you know, and I know you are, we're, we're jealous of the fact of the, as the talent this dude has with Adobe. I mean, he really does like, that's something he could do for a living. He could go around and just he could work for Adobe on training people how to do what he does because he's fabulous. But I think one of the things that people get lost at is he's a phenomenal business owner. Him and Shane Eastman run a fantastic organization out there at I-80 Insurance. And so while I think there's a bunch of of, uh, of fake people, I think there's a lot of people who are acting like that they're really good, you know, posers. I think there's a lot of them. I will tell you right now, Nicholas Ayers is the farthest thing that there is from a poser. And I, I have no reason to say this other than my goal is, is to make agents better. And I think we get better. Yeah by the snow climber mentality, bringing it back around to following those who have gone before. And Nicholas Ayers is about it. I mean, everything he does is really, really good. And I tell him that all the time. I said, dude, you're, you're somebody I need. And the reason why Hanley is because he's my equivalent of you. Like, but he does what I do, right? Like he runs an agency. So when I have that issue like that, like he's somebody that I see, like I can call and be like, dude, like I'm having so much problem with this process and this isn't working. And he'll be like, Cass, da, 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 da. and that's just the way that it is, you know? And so I just, I just, I, I needed to do a shout out for him. He was one of the people I had written down here because I think that he's an absolute jewel for this industry. And I know you want to wrap yeah, this up, I, dude. So do it. No, no, no. It's all, it's all good. No, I, I agree. I'm, I'm a big fan as well. Um, the thing I like the most about Nick is uh, I disagree with him on a lot of things very respectfully. And that's what I love about him. That's what I love yeah. about him is that um, why I think over the last year, his and my relationship has, has uh, you know, we've gotten to know each other pretty well. I think we've grown an incredible amount of mutual respect. And a lot of it comes from the fact that I can straight disagree with something he has to say. And it's like, cool. I like this. I like that. All good. You know, I think this, you think that it's all good. It's like, and I think a lot of times, um, you know, especially in today's political environment and all that kind of stuff, we want to jump in camps. Well, I'm in this camp, you're in that camp. And, uh, there just needs to be more, there's no right answer, right? It's what works for you. Um, there are, there are some good best practices. There are some common ways that it works for people. But uh, at the end of the day, you have to do what works best for you. And that comes from being able to have discourse, especially in our industry, um, that that isn't adversarial. That's, you know, this is what's working best for me. If it doesn't, then you do your thing. And, 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 and again, I agree with him on a lot Absolutely. of stuff. And uh, I agree with his skills. I just think it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I get branded, you know, big eye guy because of our relationship with them. And, and I do love, I do, I think the big eye is an important, important part of, of our ecosystem. And, um, and I know they're making changes and, and trying to adapt to the new marketplace. And that's awesome. And there's some state associations that are just doing incredible, incredible work. Ohio, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, just to name a couple. Um, and, you know, IOA has been kind of seen as like this competitor to a certain and extent. Not- and I'll tell you from them as I have and uh, uh, it's just it is this it's just a wonderful organization just like the big eye just like agency nation I think we all work together and uh, I'm glad to see it and and one of the things that I love and this is how I'll finish it just in general as much as I wish that maybe the younger generation in our industry would embrace the older generation more from a mentor standpoint and vice versa I don't want to put it all on the 
on our, our more experienced members as not being mentors. I think I think some people in our side and, and younger than us maybe buck some of that. They mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They well those guys don't know what they're talking about. It's just not true. I mean these are people who've created amazing right. businesses. I, I also think that what one of the things that our generation, our 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 age bracket in this industry, the the older 30s to mid 40s what we have to do is continue to break down the barriers and silos in our industry and open up lines of communication because it's just we're all fighting the same battle we're all working through the same problems and to create lines on a meaningless lines on a map um just doesn't help anybody so hey dude with that i gotta run because i got another call this has been phenomenal i could talk to you all day uh, obviously. Well, good. I'll start um, to tell people so that we're friends. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, um, two things. One, if you want to see Cass live and you haven't before, or you just want to see him do his thing, come to Elevate. Go to elevateconference.com, elevateconference.com. Get your ticket today for two reasons. One, we're going to sell out and we're on the way down to selling out. So we're way past the 50% sold mark and we're heading towards being sold out. We still got maybe 200 tickets left or so, but get your ticket. Also, hotel rooms at the hotel are going to be sold out. So if you want a hotel room in the actual hotel that the event is at, the Hilton, I, I would book your ticket sooner rather than later and use the discount code Hanley50 at checkout for 50 bucks off um, for being a podcast listener. So come see Cass live. Cass, uh, before we get out, tell everybody where they can learn more about you and what you do, and then we will uh, Marcus Sheridan is doing a four-hour class on video. If there's any reason to come to Elevate 18, that's it. I don't care if you come for those four hours and leave. I don't even know how it's going to happen, Hanley. I am so excited about watching Marcus Sheridan do this workshop on video. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I so you hear me say somebody like, "Oh, hey, Jason's going to talk about operation." Oh, whoa, oh, that's cool. You kind of know what it's about, right? Like, I have no idea. I'm so excited about that. Uh, kudos to you for that. Yeah, if you want to find out more about us, it's not. Uh, we're having our website redone. It should be done in the next seven days. So I don't know when you're when you're listening to this, but you can go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com, insuranceagencyintelligence.com. Um, and that's just what we do. Like you wonder what we do. We learn, discuss and share ways to better our agency intelligence. Thank you very much, Ryan Hanley. This was the first podcast uh, that you did in your in your um, new series. And I have to tell you, for the rest of time, it will be the number one most listened to and best. So good choice. I believe that, brother. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's do that again. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's get into it. Like smash hopes, half empty, now this glass is broke And I'm the captain of this crash boat So when it's time to sink and swim, I always choose to do the backflow I know that not a lot of humans are as sharp as I am My modesty's my greatest quality, it's not, I'm lying I know I'm only just alright with this hard of rhyming No, I'm not applying myself, in fact, I'm hardly trying But just imagine what would happen if I stuck to rapping Man, I'd probably have a helicopter and a couple mansions With some guard dogs and a bunch of fans they love attacking Probably not but it's fun to imagine it, yeah. I can't complain of where I'm at, I'm just happy to be here. I'd be ecstatic if we happen to have a repeat here. Thanks 
the pro leader, I'm rapping the heaters while passing the reefer, man, that's what I call having a breather. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I've done.